Hello and welcome to Forex Focus, UBP's FX podcast. I'm Peter Kinsella, Global Head of FX Strategy at UBP. Today we're going to be discussing the trend of de-dollarization. It's a very, very topical trend at the moment. And to do this, uh, I'm delighted to be joined by UBP's Chief Strategist, Nolan Billiman. So I guess we're going to start by setting the scene, talking about the dollar's current status in, in the global economy, and then to discuss what is changing, why it's changing, and how it's going to change. So let's get started. So at the moment, um, the US dollar is by far and away the kind of the hegemonic currency in, in the global economy. Um, the US population um, in percentage of the global population is only 3%. US economy uh, is about 15% of global GDP. Um, Yet when we look at the dollar, um, its use in terms of the global economy is, is really, really unsurpassed. Um, the dollar is used in around 90%, 90% of all FX transactions around the world. Uh, it's used in pretty much half of all, uh, all, all debt raising uh, around the world. Again, used very extensively in terms of uh, foreign debt issuance by companies, by corporates, uh, by, uh, by banks, and indeed by, by governments themselves. And so really the dollar, the dollar's place, um, you know, in, in the global economies has, has really been a, a story of kind of the great hegemon. Um, however, this is beginning to change. And, and one of the reasons uh, that, that people are talking about this is that in recent weeks, we saw China announcing a series of bilateral trade agreements with Saudi Arabia, Brazil, uh, Russia, etc. And in those agreements, uh, the countries uh, decided to uh, do invoicing and trade settlement in their own respective currencies. And this is particularly interesting because, of course, uh, when it comes to Saudi Arabia, you know, oil is, is generally traded in dollars rather than in other currencies. And consequently, this is, a, this, this is potentially quite a big deal. So again, this is the beginning of a shift. And I think it's really kind of worth bringing Norman in here um, and where Norman kind of will look at basically how these shifts tend to play out over time and indeed, um, you know, I think we, we look at uh, the British pound as, as, as a good example. Thanks, Peter. Um, as, uh, as Peter noted, we're seeing both cyclical as well as secular pressures building on the U.S. dollar, um, which really means that the prospect of an extended period of dollar weakness lies ahead. Um, a lot of the investors that we speak to, if we're honest about it, even experienced ones with, say, 10 or 15 years of experience, um, they will not have experienced a period of dollar weakness like what we think is coming from here. And so if we look back to as far back as the 1960s, there's only really been about three periods of multi-year dollar barrel markets. And to frame how long we uh, expect these things to last, the last three have lasted typically between 10 and 15 years. In contrast, dollar bull market trends tend to be shorter, 7 to 12 years, with the most recent dollar bull market, which began in about 2011, being the longest one we've observed. And so from an asset allocation perspective, while dollar bear markets should force investors to shift their focus to not only buying U.S. equity and looking to other asset classes, they should also look within their global asset allocations in terms of where they're buying equities. Because dollar bear markets have meant, generally speaking, that U.S. equities have lagged uh, other global markets 
uh, as a, in terms of investment returns. For investors, again, now that the dollar is moving into a more uh, uh, prolonged weakening phase, you'll have to take into account the foreign currency returns you can generate as part of your total return picture. As Peter has highlighted, there is some concern that the dollar hegemony that began in 1944 is at risk and may start to end. Um, in some work that we've done recently, uh, we've looked at how this played out with the end of the British pound as the global reserve currency. And perhaps surprisingly, we draw a lot of the same conclusions as seen during the cyclical dollar bear markets of the last few decades. First, what we tend to see is that investors end up being better off looking outside of then the UK and looking to places like the US for returns. Since the UK lost global reserve currency status, uh, UK equities relative to US in US dollar terms have been in a structural bear market. And then secondly, we need to start incorporating gold uh, as an important uh, preserver of wealth in portfolios back into portfolios going forward. So I'm going to wrap up there. Maybe I'll hand it up to, off to Peter. Thanks, Norman. I, I think as well, you know, when we're, when we're talking about these very, very large shifts, um, you know, which take years, you know, to, to manifest themselves and for investors to become really sort of, uh, you know, familiar with. Um, I think it's also worth noting that if, if we look at the U.S. today, we've got a current account deficit in the region of 5% of GDP, a budget deficit of around, of around 7% of GDP, so a so-called twin deficit well in excess of 10% of U.S. GDP, um, you know, which is a, a, literally an, an enormous um, sum of, of, of money. Um, and this type of fiscal profligacy that we've seen um, you know, eventually runs out of road. And, and it does so in particular uh, when we see politicians acting in a, in a pretty, um, you know, uh, irresponsible manner. And so the, the latest debt ceiling impasse in the States is, is, is yet another manifestation of this sort of, you know, this, I would say, increasing disillusionment with U.S. politics and, and indeed with um, U.S. fiscal dynamics. So really, I think if we, if we kind of put it all together, we have this meeting of, you know, um, a, a cyclical um, uh, dollar, we dollar weakening anyway, vis-a-vis uh, -vis sort of what's, what's, what's happening with interest rate markets, et cetera. Um, secondly, we've got a big shift structurally in terms of what's happening with global FX reserves and the composition of those reserves. And then we're beginning to see sort of the, uh, the impact of, um, of basically geopolitics and seeing how sort of uh, countries are, are basically moving towards different trading regimes, different trading blocks, and um, you know, and, and using different currencies for invoicing and for trade, and so really, as this um, as this de-dollarization narrative plays out uh, over the coming months and years, um, you know, we're likely to see initially uh, not a huge, uh, I would say, uh, change, particularly in terms of what's happening vis-a-vis -vis, um, you know daily transaction activity. But as as this does change over time, um, it is in, my, in in our view likely to lead to uh, to do a little bit of, uh, of ongoing dollar weakness and indeed towards a more structural dollar bear market. So with that, we will we'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll thank you. I thank you all, of course, for listening to, to our podcast. And indeed, if, uh, if, any, if any of our dear listeners um, want to get more uh, information, please simply follow us at udp.com. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Peter.